all you Lasso fans, this is Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fan cast from NPR Illinois Community Voices and the Front Row Network. And holy moly, do we have an interview for you today. We, we're going to get kind of like right into it, but yeah, I, we just got done talking to him. And uh, this is this is a fun interview, right, Jer? Oh, yeah. The, uh, if you didn't know people, he's just kind of the best. <laughs> And I guess if people Very much so. looked at the title, we should tell you, who are we talking to today? And, and I didn't even introduce you. I'm so excited. I didn't I say my co-host. <laughs> I'm Craig, and my co-host, Jeremy Geckner from the Front What's Row up? Network as well. Uh, but Jeremy, tell the, tell the folks who we are talking to today. Folks, we have Sam Obasanya himself. Tahib Jamo is on Peanut Butter and Biscuits today. Um, and as Craig alluded to, just an amazing interview. Such a fun guy. Um, seems genuinely to be the best person on the planet. I can see why all of his teammates rag on him um, because he's just so damn good and cool. Um, but we talk about a lot of really great stuff, not just Ted Lasso, but also uh, some stuff from uh, the uh, series he did called Anthony um, for uh, that's available on Peacock. And uh, just kind of we might be confirming some rumors that you've heard as well i don't know guys i don't know you might just have to listen what a tease we should say because in case Tahib's publicist is listening to this right now don't yeah. worry <laughs> no, did no. Not have no spoilers no spoilers it's gonna get him in actual trouble but no this was just so much fun and we got to dive into a ton of different topics i know that people are really excited to listen to this i should mention that uh, we also bring her up in the interview but we do have an episode coming up next with tori from their soulmates which is a great podcast we had mentioned we were going to drop that this week but of course this opportunity to talk to Tahib came up and we wanted to make sure we brought this to you as quickly as possible. So we will let you know that we are going to talk to Tori a little bit later on. The last thing that we have to announce that we've announced on our peanut butter and biscuits group on Facebook, and we've also put it onto our Twitter account as well, but we haven't formally announced it here is that if you are in the St. Louis area, we are going to be doing a live version of peanut butter and biscuits at fan expo St. Louis. And that will be on May 15th. I believe it's at two o'clock. If I'm it's Sunday yep. at two, right? Sunday Jared? at two o'clock on the creator stage at fan expo st louis um it's going to be really good we are going to be talking about the geekiness of ted lasso and providing many examples as to why ted lasso and his merry crew are geeks to the max they and we know that they play fifa together because we talked to a bunch of the cast about that so we know they're gamers but mm -hmm. we're going to find out that they're geeks for sure but any last things before we got to get out of the way so they can listen to tahib yeah, I don't know. Well, here, let me do my three-page treatise on why Tahib is great. No, I'm kidding, guys. Uh, you're going to love this interview. Uh, let's do it, man. All right, here he is, Tahib Jamal. We are so excited today to welcome Sam Obasanya himself, Tahib Jamal, to Peanut Butter and Biscuits. Tahib, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool for us to have you. And, you know, we had a chance to talk to Cola and Mo and Stefan before you, they went into film season three. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, we're not going to ask you for spoilers to season three, although we really <laughs> want them because we know that you are in the middle of filming and everything's going really well over there. But the, the question that I have about season three in particular is just how was it? How was that feeling getting back on set? Because you all have had this amazing year winning Emmys, winning awards left and right. So when you come back together as a cast, what's that feeling like? Um, ah, man. I don't, it's, it's, to be honest, I think the biggest thing has been, um, even though we're still kind of in the middle of the pandemic, is coming back to a bit of a freer set where, you know, we aren't constantly being like, pushed apart and and like we can just talk without having to be you know like this far apart from each other um I think that's been the main thing but you're right like it's been such a crazy off season like people were all over the place some people were in the states like other people were filming and so like everything was just kind of happening virtually um so like when we came back it felt good to just all be in the same place for once does that make sense and so so I think yeah that's the thing that like the COVID thing was one thing but also just all of us being able to just like you know decompress together was like was like the fun thing about being back but also like I think we all just kind of fit back together seamlessly like as soon as we were back the first couple of days it felt like we had never left so um so I'm glad that we managed to keep that so, so yeah it was it was kind of vibes that's great and you know I I know that everyone else has talked about how close of a chemistry everyone has and it's almost like it really is a team or a family is that sort of your feeling with your castmates on Ted Lasso um, 
No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Despise. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, can't can't stand them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like this is the thing. I, I feel like I feel like because everybody says that, like everyone on every TV show is like, oh my god, we love each other. Oh my god, like it gen- like we genuinely do just like vibe and um, like Ted Lasso is one of it's a this show uh, specifically is such a like heartwarming you know good natured show. So like it'd be weird if we didn't have good natured like heartwarming people on the show, but. Like it feels like the, the one of the best things we've done with casting is just like we don't have any dickheads on set. Everybody's really nice, <laughs> yeah. um, and and that's kind of all you can ask for. So like part again, part of like coming back was just these people are my friends now. Like it's not we're not just work colleagues. Like we're actually just friends. Like I'll be chilling with Kola in the off season. Like I'll be like I'll hang out with Hannah. Like me and Jason and Brendan went to watch a football uh, a basketball game in LA with my with my brother. Like it, it, we just like hang out. We're friends, and so going back to work, it's almost like just working with your friends, I guess. That's yeah, great. I, I have to say there too. I love um, the award season uh, stuff, especially the Emmys. Like the little tableaus you guys kept putting on for the cameras were <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah. I remember it cut back um, and I Hannah was, was just like staring at the screen, like seriously, <laughs> which just got me so good. <laughs> oh man, I'm really upset that I missed the Emmys. I was I was away filming, but um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we get get another shot there. Um, but yeah, th- honestly, like stuff like that is so natural to us like usually like you'll just find pictures and videos of us people around and that's what it's like on set yeah absolutely well you know honestly what i always love to uh ask people when they come on uh the show is what i like to call the superhero origin story um so i want to know Tahib, uh how do you go from you know humble beginnings to big time uh television actor what led Tahib <laughs> Jamo to acting oh man um i i actually like this does feel like a superhero <laughs> um, I, I was I was like I was in secondary school I was in school doing really academic subjects like usual you know like my mum was convinced I was going to be the UK's first black prime minister and I was like all right cool let's do it <laughs> and, then, um, and then I got to the age where I was about to le- like leave uh, sixth form for uni or college for you guys and um, and I just like had a complete U-turn I was like I don't want to do this like I don't want to be a lawyer or a politician or or like I just couldn't I couldn't stand the idea of it. I was like, I'm going to be bored every day for the rest of my life. I don't want to do that. So, um, but like I had really cool teachers and I loved like my acting classes. That was the only time I'd wake up and be like, all right, cool, I've got four hours of just acting today and I'd want to go into school. And so I was like, cool, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. And um, I had great teachers. They helped me out. I remember like throwing my history coursework in the bin. And like, as soon as I did that, I was like, this is it. There's no, there's no going back. There's no plan B. I failed my A-levels. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and then I went to drama school. And once I graduated, for, that's three years there, once I graduated from drama school, I got my agent and, and it just, yeah, yeah, just started auditioning. And before I knew it, I was, you know, I was landing jobs and I was on Ted Lasso and then I was meeting you guys. And, and now I'm here. Boom. <laughs> arrived, officially arrived now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I have to jump in and actually talk about a film that you did prior mm. to Ted Lasso, and that's called Anthony. And it's sort of this uh, alternate history about Anthony Walker, who was killed in Liverpool very tragically. And we get to see Anthony's life, what it could have been had he not been murdered. And oh. you are just brilliant in the film and in many ways it's a a real departure from what you do as sam but at the same time you have this hope that exudes kind of through your your soul when you're acting and i I don't really have much of a question about anthony (laughs) other than to say it's a beautiful film and i just wanted to see if you had comments about that process and getting into that character who is a real life character and trying to make sure you're also paying respect to that as well Oh man! I'm um, firstly thank you. That's really that's really sweet. It's really kind. Um, it's funny because like we started Anthony three days after we wrapped Ted Lasso one. Oh, so, you did? Like, okay. like, yeah, we finished we finished shooting this like horrific football block where we were like doing night shoots in the rain and just like all of that stuff. And then three days later, I was in Liverpool doing Anthony. And um, and it's funny because like the shows are complete polar opposites. If you look at Ted Lasso as a comedy and Anthony as a as a drama, um, but like the char- there is a similarity in the characters, like you pointed out, in that. You know, Sam has you know, a bucket ton of hope and, and so does Anthony. And that was the point of the film is to show like him living his best life, accomplishing his dreams, starting a family, being himself, like just changing people's life by, be- by being this like this, this person that people gravitated towards. And, and then you just watch all of that get cut short. Um, it was a really special project for me. And, um, and you spoke a little bit about it being like Anthony's legacy. I think um, 
like it was also like his mum, G Walker's legacy in, in a way. Uh, she's been working tirelessly for 15 years, but she's got a foundation now. And having her with us on the, sh on the show was, um, was like what made that really cool is like we'd wake up on a Monday before a week of shooting and you'd have a little email from G just being like, I can't be there with you on set, but I'm wishing you the best. Like you have my blessing to tell this story, go forward and, and be great. And, and it's just like, she's awesome. And so I think all of, we, we all kind of banded together because of, because of her. And I think when I think back to that show and that shoot, like that's the thing that I like, pops into my head the most. It's just those Monday morning messages from G being like, go kill it. You guys are great. So, so yeah, it was an awesome shoot. I'm really glad I got to do it, especially early in my career. It's wild to me that you came off the Ted Lasso set and went to Anthony. I thought it was the other way around because, again, it's just this gripping drama and this this story that just you can't help but feel heartbroken as you're watching it. But also it teaches us a lesson about the lives that people live and you how important that life is and that life can be in the future. And so it's just there's messages abound in that. It's just an incredible, incredible story. But Jeremy, did you have a have a question about Anthony as well? Yeah, well, I, you already kind of talked about it, but like there is, I'm sure, this immense pressure to deliver on a performance like that when it's somebody who actually did live and when it's somebody who, you know, you're telling their story and their legacy. So did that pressure, like, how, how did that manifest in you? How did you deal with oh, yeah. that pressure on that set? <laughs> um, I, I remember just being so scared at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. Like, I was so, so worried because I was like, I'm doing the story and, you know, like, I'm playing the lead and, and uh, it's like, it's a real life story and this person existed and his family will watch this and, and the people of Liverpool will see this and the black community will watch it. And it, I was like, oh my God. It kind of felt like the whole thing was like super overwhelming. But I remember meeting G Walker, Anthony's real mum, the day of the read-through and we did the read through, we read the entire film and it was like, it was moving and it was everything. And Jimmy's writing was great. And, and we had the chance to have a little conversation and she just like hugged me. And she was like, oh, you know, when, when you were reading that, like, I, I felt like I saw my boy for a second and, oh, and wow. she just like hugged me. And she was like, you know, I think the main thing was, I was like, yo, like, I'm not from Liverpool. Like, I, I don't like, do, what permission do I have to tell the story? And she gave it to me that day. And she, mm. she looked me in the eye and she said, like, go forward and be great and go crazy with the dance move because he, he loves to dance. And, and like, she just kind of took all of that weight off me. So when I talk about those Monday morning messages, like, that, again, was a constant reminder of, if she's in my corner, then, like, who can really be against me on this one? And, mm. and it just, yeah, it gave me what I needed to give my will to it. And I think after doing that show, this is why I'm like, I'm really glad that I got to do it really early in my career. I was like, the level of attention, care, and detail that I gave to that role because he was a real life person. And I was like, that's the level of attention and detail and care you've got to give to every single role that you play, regardless of whether they're fictional characters or not. And um, and so, so, yeah, it was a massive learning opportunity. I was terrified, but, you know, we got through it. We made something that I'm really proud of now. You should be That's very, great. very proud of it. <laughs> I want to uh, just put a plug out there that Anthony is available on Peacock for us here in the United States. So definitely go and check out the film for sure. But now we're going to go back to Ted Lasso a little bit, Jeremy, right? Yeah, that Ted Lasso show. Um, so <laughs> we've gotten to hear so many great stories from uh, the cast members and uh, even some of the crew members, too, about how they got onto the show. Uh, you know, uh -huh. Cola and, and uh, Mo and, and Stefan had such great stories. So I just wanted to ask you, how did it go that you came to Ted Lasso? Oh, man, it's, I feel like my story is so anticlimactic because <laughs> I, was, I was in that place that loads of actors get into where like this email came into my inbox. It was Ted Lasso. I read the first episode. You know, really cool, like thirty-minute Apple TV comedy. And like at that point, Apple TV like didn't really yeah. even exist. It was like, all right, cool, fine. But there was this other job that I was gunning for, and so like my and everything was on this job. And I was like, okay, cool. There's no. <laughs> and then so, like I went in, I did my audition. The character was meant to be Ghanaian at the time, and I was just kind of like, oh, I'm not like I'll just make him Nigerian, fine, whatever. So I changed little bits, like. It was the scene where it's Sam's birthday in the first episode and they yeah. like bring in my team. And so, you know, instead of like gone into I was like, oh, you guys got me chin chin and moi moi and blah, 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 blah. So I just like kind of did it and I was like, cool, great. It is what it is, fine. Like it was a cool character. I enjoyed it. I was like, he's missing home. There's something nice about it. And I've always wanted to play a footballer. So I went in, I did it. And then once I left it, I was like, cool, back onto this other job. And I'm gunning for it, gunning for it. Gunning for it. And so, like, my agent was like, oh, hey, you know, you're, you're still the favorite for that Ted Lasso. And I was like, oh, Ted Lasso, oh, oh, whatever. <laughs> and then cut to getting the job. You go in, you do the first day of read-throughs, and you go, hang on a minute. This mm -hmm. should be <laughs> right. mm -hmm. I was like, this is going to be cold. 
and then um and then we did it we did the first season and and like it just like so when i think about it now knowing what this show has done for my life and career like i was like at the point i was like oh it's just this little 30 minute episode whatever whatever on tv and now it's like the show that's made my career <laughs> and, and, and so, so yeah that was that was how I got into Ted Lasso. It was crazy. Um, my mind was in a million other places. Anthony was like another job that I was going for at the same time. And so I was just kind of in this place of I want to do these serious dramas and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then this little thing pops up out of nowhere, unassuming. And, um, and, and now it's, you know, it's like one of the best shows like I've ever been on. Like it's going to be super iconic for TV everywhere. And I'm just really glad that like I didn't say no to the audition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we all are. We are all very glad about that now. <laughs> I love that story. That's not anticlimactic. <laughs> Yo, I would I would be kicking myself if I saw some other dude playing sound. I was like, I said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can't even imagine that. We're not even going there. Yeah. That's just not possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and what I love about that character in particular is that we see this growth in confidence emerge between yeah. season one and two. And in many ways, uh, just in discussing this show, Sam, to me and to a lot of our listeners, really is epitomizing what it means to be Ted Lasso. Like the, he's really bought into that whole Lasso way of doing things. And so yeah. I just wanted to know, going into season one, we've heard this like massive plan that Jason had of it being a trilogy and it kind of being like the Star Wars original trilogy. How much of that did he let you in on uh, just right at the way when you're going to set? Did he, nothing? No, not very much. Oh, um, really? not very okay. Much. So, and so like Ted Lasso one became this game of everybody kind of going, all right, cool. Nobody really knows what's happening. <laughs> so, like, let's just, like, try and find crumbs. Like, we'd go and we'd get Brett, and he'd be like, oh, so what do you know? And then we'd go and we'd get Joe Kelly, one of our lead writers. And then every now and then you'd have a conversation with Jason, and you just kind of tease information out of him. <laughs> but Jason was really great in that he only gave you the pieces of information you really needed to do the job. Like, everything else was, you know, if you know it, you know it. It's great. But this is what you need right now. This is where Sam is right now, and this is the, you know, the progression. And so, like, thinking about season two, like he was already sowing the seeds for Sam and Hannah in uh, Sam and, um, and Rebecca in season one. And like, we had never really had that conversation, but we didn't need to, because at that point, Sam isn't thinking, oh, this is somebody that I'm gonna maybe strike a romance with. Like they just kind of connect with each other and they have chemistry and, and that's enough and that's all it needs to be. But, um, and so, yeah, that was that was the game in season one. It was the same for like Collar and, and Billy and like all the players were just kind of like, what's going on? Like, who knows what? Who's had what conversation with who? This is like reporters. Yeah, you guys are like reporters digging for information like from all these sources. Every single one of us was like Trent Krim in real life. I kind of love that idea because we all know that uh, many of the castmates have played FIFA together. So I could just see you playing yeah. FIFA with Jason and being like, hey, so Sam, um, what's going to happen? You know, like just trying to slide it in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like in the office of season one and season two, we, like, we had a pro clubs team that did terribly. <laughs> we were so bad. But um, we, were just, we were just like vibing anyway. And and yeah, like it would just be that. We'd just be having conversations of, ah, so um. You know what's going on and uh, how's how's the right room going <laughs> and um and like like i got little pieces of information about season two like he was like you know we're going to talk more about we're going to uh like venture into like sam's politics and maybe he has like a big stand like at the start he, he was meant to like put out a really um a really um like polarizing tweet or something and and then that turned into that ended up turning into the, the whole dubai air protest thing and so like little pieces of information like that we got there might be like a romantic storyline all right cool I didn't know it was going to be with Hannah. Right? And so like stuff like that kind of came out while we were playing FIFA, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Jerry, you have a question? Well, speaking of you and Rebecca, hey, 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 here. Um, I got to say, like, it was it was such a cheer out loud moment for, like, I think all the fans <laughs> when that was revealed, especially because they kept giving us so many false starts along the way about oh, who yeah. could be on the other end of that banter call and everything. But there is still also, though, this contingent of fans, I don't know if you know this, that want Ted and Rebecca to end up together, that uh, that's going to happen. Um, in fact, we just did an episode with a girl whose podcast is all about just Ted and Rebecca being together. And uh, she did make some compelling arguments, I have to say. So I might have converted a little bit. But of course, um, you know, we don't want you to get in trouble with spoilers here. We really don't. Okay, but let's couch it this way. At the end of season two, how are you <laughs> feeling about Sam and Rebecca? Do you know, you know, um, it, I'm, I'm in the boat of 
it was so interesting when it came out because it really felt it felt like we divided our fan base in half. <laughs> like half of it was Team Sam Becker, half of it was Team Ted Becker, or was just like didn't want Sam Becker to be a thing. And so it, for me, I was just like eating popcorn, just what I was yeah. like, oh, cool. <laughs> this time, but watch episode eight, like, and and just like waiting for stuff to happen, and it was hilarious. But um, I think after episode twelve. Sam's at a point now where he's decided that he needs to put himself first and he needs to really just figure out what he's doing. And and I don't think he's at a place where he's ready to share his life with somebody yet. And so, and so, yeah, maybe there's a bit of growth that he needs to do. And so I'm in the boat of Sam, figure out your stuff and you're ready. Who knows what will happen? And so, um, so yeah, who, who that leads on to in season three? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so um so i'm I'm in the place of like he needed to like figure his, his own stuff out like find out what he wanted to do like lay some roots in the uk and like start to figure himself out as as a as a nigerian who's now in the uk and is like making home there and what that means for him and what he wants to do and and so yeah i felt like that was the more important thing for him and i guess for her as well like there's still some work to be done like she still has to like work through some stuff and so like i was like both of you go and grow separately and if you end up back together great if you don't you know they're still they're still friends so yeah cool. absolutely and that's kind of a theme of that second season isn't it that personal growth yeah. and working on yourself so, so you can be you know a good partner to someone else um yeah. but i do just want to follow up real quick on um working with the great sam richardson um in that oh, uh, that episode God. those two episodes i i'm telling you what when he blows up at the end of episode 12 <laughs> i don't know if i had not seen something coming more than that in my entire life and the way no, he does no. that was so great how did you keep a straight face during any of that i didn't, I didn't keep a straight face there's so many like I, there's so many shots where it's like just the back of my shoulders like over my shoulder onto sam and you could just like see my shoulders <laughs> I laughed my way through that through that rant every single time because also Sam's brilliant. So like he'll just mm-hmm. he made so much stuff up. Like there's a bit where he like walks down the corridor and he grabs the mannequin and he's <laughs> strangling the mannequin. He's looking directly and he's pointing. This is you. This is you. <laughs> like, hilarious. Like he's so 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 funny. Um, and like one of my friends told me about him. They were like, "Oh, you're working with Sam Richardson. Be careful. He's hilarious." And I was like, "Oh, people. I work with funny people. Like Jason's hilarious. I was like, Everyone's hilarious." And then Sam came and I was like. This guy is funny. Yeah. Like, um, he's like, no one would like some people just have like a direct link to your humor, your funny bonus. He knew it and he would constantly just press that button. <laughs> um, he's great. Like any moment I can work with Sam again, like I'm, I'm jumping, you know, head first. He's hilarious. He's brilliant. Well, you know, you mentioned that as one of those experiences on set. I re- we really like to ask, what are some of those favorite scenes or moments that you've had while filming on set? So when you leave, when Ted Lasso is over, what are you going to take with you as like some of those moments from the first couple of seasons that you'll just remember forever? Mm, um, oh, man. Okay, so I remember the the uh, the date scene with Sam and Rebecca when we're actually oh. in the date. We're just montaging, and, and it's just like me and me and Hannah vibe. Like, oh, man, like day, that, days like that was so cool. Like, it was like the end of the day. We were just chilling. We're both dressed really nice in a nice restaurant. Music was playing. Like, it was lush. There's that. There's uh, the haircut scene where, where Isaac yes. and Sam is trim. And, and again, because, like, we were filming during COVID in season two, like, we had been kept apart the entire time. Like, we weren't with masks back up. It was, like, the whole thing felt very, um like, like weird. It was always, like, really off-putting. And so when we had that scene where all of us could just be in one room, we could just, like, it felt like we were in a barbershop. We were just like chatting rubbish and just vibing with each other and <laughs> it was fantastic and so um those two scenes in the second season are, are like some of my favorites like when i think of you know when you're like trying to remember good times and good days like those mm. two are are some of the good times on my high cool yeah like season two yeah. is kind of sweet you know mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're, you mentioned the uh, that arc at the beginning of season two, the uh, political activism arc uh, for mm-hmm. Sam, which was such a great, um, it was uplifting in a really big way, especially for us here in the United States, where sports protests yeah. got really, really stupid for a long time, um, the coverage of them, so to speak. And I remember there was um, one moment in episode three when Trent Krim is asking you questions and he literally takes the line that you're laying for him and he follows you down that road. And I just thought to myself, and he actually does like give you this little like nod, like good lad or something like after you do the answer. 
And I just thought to myself when I was watching that, I was like, God, if only, you know, when Colin Kaepernick was doing that over here or anybody else, man, how the conversation could have been different. I mean, were you feeling that when you were doing those scenes, especially in episode three? 100%. Like it, it was, there was so many parallels, you know, like we're thinking about how like sports stars and sport, like how, how they were being treated in the states also in the uk like you know when marcus rashford was was you know just trying to like make sure kids had um i'm not sure how much of this you guys know but there was yeah. a point at the summertime where like like kids wouldn't get um school meals and and like kids who and it was like we're just trying to make sure that kids get fed uh during like during the breaks and and people were like why are you a footballer the person who needs to make this point and it's like well, I'm a footballer or, you know, uh, a basketball player or an American football player, but I'm also just a human being, mm. right? Like, I'm, I'm one of the leaders of my communities and I'm just trying to help people with the platform that I have. And so for me, like, I just got, re I, I couldn't understand why people were specifically like, no, you play basketball, so just play basketball and don't mm. speak about anything. Politics. But it's like, well, this is partly why we want to be in these positions, to have these followings so that we can use this platform to help people, especially people who come from the same places that we come from. And so, um, yeah, many parallels. And at the time, Nigeria as well, like we were going through like massive protests when, you know, like the whole NSAR stuff was going on. And it felt like a time where I was really just like coming to terms with what it meant to, to like use this platform properly and why I wanted to do this. I spoke about wanting to be like a politician and a lawyer before I U-turn to acting. And I'm like, these things aren't that different from each other. Like everything that I thought I wanted to do being a lawyer or a politician, I can still do being an actor. Look how many people are gonna watch this show now. And, and I get to you know go, yeah, by the way, like the Nigerian government isn't doing enough for its people, which is true and which I stand by. And great, that's the message that San sends out. That's the message that Tahib sends out. And the amount of Nigerians that were messaging, messaging um, like when season two came out, just being like, yo, like, you know, I feel seen. Um, mm. Like, thanks for pulling up. And it's like a reminder to them as well that just because, like, I'm in London and somebody else might be in the States doesn't mean we haven't got an eye on staying on back home. Like, everybody who's a part of the diaspora is like, we were all looking at Nigeria at that point and going, all right, cool. Like, we're pulling up as well. We're protesting in the UK. You guys are protesting in the States. You guys are protesting in Nigeria. And we're all the same, you know, we're on the same team. And so, yeah, I, I felt massively, massively, massively privileged to have that episode and to have that opportunity to look somebody in the eye and go, yes, I am accusing them of corruption because somebody has to say it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's oh. great. Like, it's what oh, I loved. I loved that scene so much. Yeah. And also just his, like, saying that to you where you're just like, no, I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking about yeah. this. And again, I can't even call out uh, uh, the actor that plays Trent enough, but he, he is literally just like, oh, okay, you want to you wanna do this? Okay, let's do this. And again, uh -huh. he just went with you and I – uh, it just warmed my heart to see that. The thing about that episode is that, like, Sam does, you know, he puts the tape up and he says, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't do the, the, the ad campaign um, for Dubai Air. And he kind of, like, this is what you expect is for everybody to go, okay, cool, well, we're going to distance ourselves from you. Mm. Maybe your minutes get cut, you're out of the starting lineup, and, and you just kind of, like, veer off into, like, obscurity. And, you know, that's kind of what happened to Kaepernick. But mm. what happens in the Ted Lasso universe is everybody just pulls up and supports him and... And you see what like allyship can look like and should look like. And that's the reporters. That's Ted giving him the opportunity to speak. That's Rebecca messaging the guy and going, no, yes. we're not dropping Sam. That's the teammates going, we're going to put the tape on as well. And everybody is speaking back to him. And, and I'm like, if only that like could be the real world. Like, and, I, and I hope it inspires people to respond that way. People in positions of power, people in these corporations that can support like the, these like athletes who want to speak out or whatever actors, whatever, you know? So, so yeah. It, it, was, it, also it, provided, it provided that redemption arc for Jamie Tart, And, you know, like, yeah. we're left yeah. at the end of season one thinking, like, J Jamie as the villain, and mm -hmm. we get this kind of, like, three-episode arc to bring him back into the team, something that, actually, it's the one time that Sam and Ted really disagree, vehemently mm -hmm. disagree on something, and it's still, it, it's resolved in such a beautiful way because it's the team coming together over that common purpose. Yeah, I mean, like, in the whole of the first season, Jamie just bullies Sam all the time. Like, yeah. some shit, you know, don't pass the ball to Sam. Right? Like, he just bullies him the entire time. And and um, and um so, yeah, like, to because even when he comes back and he gives the speeches and everybody thinks he's changed, like, that's not something you can very quickly let go of. If somebody's, mm -hmm. like, especially in your first season in a new country, somebody's just absolutely gone at you. Then to do that, like, in the moment where Sam feels his most vulnerable, for him to be the first non, you know, non-Nigerian player to go, now nah, we've all got to do this. It's like, all right, cool. That's the start of their friendship. And and they actually start to blossom from there. And 
I think, yeah, like I can go on and on about how much I love yeah. the show. I love his messaging. And it's just great to see. And what a redemption arc for, for Jamie, for Jamie Tarr, mm. who is played brilliantly by Phil, man. I feel like Phil doesn't get enough love for playing Jamie Tarr yeah. because people don't know how different from Jamie he actually is in real life. Like, he needs to do more interviews. You guys need to interview him so people can know, like, oh, he isn't I Jamie would freak Tarr. out. <laughs> I yeah, he's going to stand hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely on that list of folks we want to talk to. And, you know, uh, it's funny because when we talk to uh, we're going to get into a question here, a little fun question about your teammates uh, and your castmates. But it's it's so funny because when we're talking to Cola and we're talking to Mo, it does seem like they kind of pick on you. Are you okay, yeah. Tohi, Tohib? Like, are you um, okay no, here? No, no, I'm like, where's they go when you need them? <laughs> and these guys roast me in every interview they do. Like, Mo should do no more if he plays Zoro, the keeper. He's the worst. Every time they're like, oh, who's the worst at football? Hmm, probably Tahib. I'm like, I'm not. That's just like, not, it's not true. I just get picked on, bro. I don't know what I do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it that smile ridiculous. it's because if there was like a if there was like an emmy for best smile you would oh, yeah. automatically win that every <laughs> single year now Boom. i'm thinking that you need to be at least nominated for your work in season two but but that's uh, <laughs> for someone else to decide right but but jeremy you had a question about uh a fun question about the team yeah, we'll be starting that Emmy campaign ourselves here pretty soon, uh, Tahib. Um, there is a, also, we asked this question to the others, and we love it, though, because you guys uh, do actually, you know, a lot of you grew up playing football and such. And um, so we just wanted to ask, like, if there was a three-on-three game that's going to happen, who are you Who are you picking for your teammates there in a three-on-three game? Three-on-three mm, three game. Am I in the team or am I excluded? Yes, you are, on you are one of them. I want to say, all right, cool. I'm in the team. I'm picking myself straight away. Oh, look at that. <laughs> then I'm picking um, I'm picking Mo Mo Hashim who plays um, who plays bomber catch. He's like hands down the best footballer on the team to the point where we don't even include him when we do like rankings. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I pick him, and if I had to pick another person, see it's yes. because there's Christo. Christo's good. Phil's really good at football as well, and Connor's really good at football as well. So I'm thinking maybe I'll be a defender, right? Mo's in midfield, and then we're going to need a superstar striker. I'm going to go for Collar. I think I'd, I'd pick Collar. Um, okay, Mo's that's great. Mo doesn't sniff my team at all. <laughs> um, Billy doesn't sniff my team at all. No <laughs> way, no so way. You're not on the subs bench. You're not in the reserves. You're nowhere near my three-side team. You're, you get grief all the time uh, from your castmates, so let's bury some friendships here. Who are you playing? Who do you yeah. think you got the best chance against? Who do you against? think you got the best chance against? There you go. <laughs> yes. three-side team that we could absolutely destroy it. Um, I'm thinking Moji de Lamore. Um, <laughs> he's getting smoked. Um, I think Stefan is what Stefan who plays uh, Richard Mont uh, Montlaw. He's getting uh -huh. smoked. I'm putting him in that team. He's gonna get smoked. <laughs> as well. and, um, is this limited to just the football players, or can I? Because I do you. Team. You do you. Whatever Brendan you want to do. Add into that team. Brendan's getting smoked as well. I just want. I want to show the bar. Brendan off. <laughs> I feel like he would just like distract you guys with the hula hooping though, like, and you wouldn't be able to do anything. I think yeah, Brendan. Brendan would work his magic somehow. Yeah, he'd just make us laugh, wouldn't he? Uh, but yeah, I'm adding. Actually, maybe Brendan can coach that team, and then and then I'll put Krista there as well. I just want to yeah, oh, yeah. the guy with these big shiny glossy hair. Who you think he is? <laughs> That's great. That's great. To do a complete 180 uh, from that question, you know, we, I love this show so much because it does have so much uh, positive psychology affirmation and really talks about mental health and takes that on as well. And so I've been uh, telling a lot of your castmates about this story, but uh, during the pandemic, I was so anxious about everything, especially at the beginning, having a young son and trying to watch out for your family and everything else. And so I took to running and Ted Lasso. Those were the two things that really got me going. And now I've continued that. I've actually lost about 70 pounds uh, running. And so I'm getting ready for my first marathon, which is really exciting. But, you know, I'm wondering how you find yourself focusing yourself or uh, what do you do for your own mental health to make sure that you are in a, a better place uh, from that angle? Oh man, that's a great question. And congratulations, like, first of all, that's like awesome. Um, like marathoning is really great. That's something, at some point, I feel like I want to run a marathon. Absolutely no way am I doing it now. <laughs> that's like future to you can, can tick that box. But, uh, but that's, that's incredible. I'm really glad that, like, you know, our show played played such a role in, in helping you through that time. I know it did for a lot of people, um, which is great. It, it was the same for me. Um, like I, working on it was one thing, but then coming back and watching it as like an audience member was great. Like there are times you just curl up in bed and you just want to watch the last time. Why wouldn't you? So um, yeah, so what did I do to like help me when I, when I get anxious? I think like I write 
I write stuff down, like even if it's like I write poetry and, and stuff like that creatively, but even if it's just like diary entries, just like writing stuff down, I feel like to, talking to myself helps, like getting it out of your head, putting it down, like speaking to somebody out loud or just writing it on a piece of paper. Like I feel like once you look at it, you can't, you know, like make it out to be much worse than it is in the way that you do in your head. Like when, when it's on a piece of paper, you're like, actually this thing is something that I can deal with, you know? And so um, that's how, that's my coping mechanism. Um, write stuff down, chill with family, play football. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my stuff. But like, I think the main thing is just like, if all that stuff is in your head, just like, get out, just talk to someone, man. Like, oh, that's, that's beautiful. And if you ever want to send us any of your poems, let us know. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so now, Jeremy, I think we're going to go back to the silly here for your question. Yeah, so it's time for some uh, hard-hitting journalism here, Tahib. Uh, so I'm just going to get you ready um, for this. Got a handy little uh, paper here. but um, So obviously, there's tons of rumors flying around about Season 3. There's tons of rumors, okay? So here's what we're going to do, all right? I wrote a few of these rumors down. And uh, we're not going to ask you to confirm or deny anything. We're just going to ask you... How, how badly do you want to see these things come to fruition in season three? Okay. okay? That's what we're going to do here. All right. Just see if we're on the right path here. So number one here, uh, coach beard wins the world tap dancing championship. <laughs> Ten. 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 Uh, all right. We can, we can uh, put that one in the uh, most likely camp. Uh, yeah. Ted becomes the prime minister for a day. I, I legally cannot say anything about that. Uh, Look at this, look at this. <laughs> All right, how about this? How does this hit you? Uh, Higgins starts a jazz trio and they sell out Wembley Stadium. Seven. <laughs> Seven, okay, there you go. Um, this one's taken from Jason's uh, appearance on a late night show uh, on the whiteboard, but has Jamie been a ghost this whole time? <laughs> I ain't saying nothing, bro. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> All right, all right, how about this one then? Uh, Keely is found to be uh, a long-lost Amazonian princess. Yes. All right. See, I figured that one was true. I figured that one was true. Again, from Jason's whiteboard, uh, Rebecca gets adult braces. (laughs) (laughs) I think that one's hitting close to home, everyone. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. (laughs) Wait, have you guys interviewed? Have you told her that? That's hilarious. No. Someday, hopefully. You need to... let her By die. all means, tell, tell her to come on. We'll we'll give her some ridiculousness like this. <laughs> that is so. Fun. I'd love to see her. <laughs> it does kind of make no sense. Like we're, like Hannah's just this freaking gorgeous woman. Let's just throw adult braces on her for no reason. Why not? Oh, that's <laughs> that's all right. Well, how about this? You could speak to this one. Uh, how about Sam starts a chain of rice pudding franchises? How about that one? Oh my goodness. I feel like we've completed Sam's character arc. <laughs> <laughs> he found his calling in the rice pudding franchises. Works for all chewing abilities, everyone. Uh, here's the one I'm personally rooting for, so please give me hope here. Isaac McAdoo joins a boy band. It's not happening currently, but I'm going to make it my mission. I'm going to make it my mission that Isaac McAdoo and a couple of the players have to start a boy band. I mean, we had, we had like Boys to Men in season two, but that's not enough. Oh yeah, we need and more. And you had NSYNC, right? A little choreo yeah. in sync. Yeah. Oh, it was in sync, not not uh not voice to Yeah, in sync. Yeah, but um um. You guys I'm got the moves. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. All right, how about no, I this? Like, I'm like, you have to hair color sing as well. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. All right, how about uh, this? Nate on his first entrance into the West Ham pitch does twenty consecutive backflips. Uh, Nick Muhammad can do that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With some help, with some work, yeah, we'll make that happen. All right, last one here, uh, which this should happen just as an extra, at least. The team gets trapped in a mall for 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying anything, but close close oh, yes. it's like a uh, it's like it's like a lord of the flies kind of situation in that case right oh that would be i mean like we just we just like regress <laughs> like we yellow know. yellow jackets is so big on showtime could you imagine like sort of a, a mold of yellow jackets and Ooh, ted lasso desert now, island that would, be, ted lasso. that would be a show let's start oh. the petition for sure, for sure. That's so great. Um, that is that is so great for sure. Thank That's you all for I got. All that That's all I got. Internet, there, do your Jeremy. thing. Jeremy, Run wild. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, so uh, we know, and again, um, we understand you one thousand percent can't talk about this. Uh, so we've 
us as fans, we know that Jason had three seasons in mind. We are uh, coming towards the third season. And so I want to kind of put you in a headspace that what happens next beyond uh, Ted Lasso? We know that you were already filming. You mentioned uh, you're filming Power, which will be on Amazon Prime. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. But we also want to know what does your career look like? Where does where are you hoping your career takes you after Ted Lasso? Um, yeah, so say, say uh, season three is the end. Um, like, I think, so, like, right now, as you said, I'm doing um, The Power, which is coming out uh, at the moment, hopefully early next year, so 2023, mm-hmm. which will be really cool. And, again, it's very different from, from Ted Lasso, it's the so character cool. I play in that. Uh, his name's Tunde. And uh, like the, the premise of the show is it's really, like, weird and wacky, but um, it's, like, set in a world where, like, women and only women discover this new organ and like they can now generate electricity from their hands and so almost overnight like women become physically the superior gender and and it just kind of like topples the world um especially in countries where women are notoriously being mistreated like Mm. you know like you know some countries this is like the sex trafficking capital of the world and suddenly all of those women like have effectively superpowers and um and um and it's really cool my character's a journalist and he goes around just documenting how these different countries are like responding to this. Like some people are trying to like suppress it. Like they don't want to talk about it. It's not a thing. Other people are trying to like turn these women into soldiers. And, and like, it just, it becomes this thing where like the world is changing almost like the pandemic. And, and Tunde decides that he's going to be the person who like chronicles all of it. And, and this is his thing. I'm going to be the person who documents this thing. Um, and it's a really, really, really interesting premise. I think the show is going to be great. Um, so that's that. That's the power. Um <laughs> um and um other than that like I think I'm in a place where like I graduated from drama school and then like a year after that like got Ted Lasso and did Anthony and started the power and and those this is like one chapter of my life and and it feels like after this I just kind of want to do everything you know like people keep asking me like oh what do you want to do next and I'm like I don't know yet I haven't done a musical I haven't done a rom-com I haven't done horror film, I haven't done action film, like, I, like there's so many, th- I haven't done voiceover, like I love anime, like mm. w- what would that be like? Like there's so many other things that I want to do. And so um, like, when I speak to my agents and I speak to casting directors and, and, and people interviewing me, it's it's just the thing of like, I just want to try everything. I don't really know what my thing is yet. And um, and I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about. Like I want to do theater and then, you know, like go off from there. And like, for me, my thing is, um, like all the actors that I look up to do everything, right? They do TV and then they do theater and then they go off and they do a you know, massive film and then they come back and do some more TV and they do like this really like hard hitting, like contemporary play at the Young Vic or the Royal Court or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they go back. And so like, that's kind of, you know, the career that I hope that I'll be able to have. And so that, that's, the, that's the hope. That's definitely something uh, I'm finding here in the States is finally getting more. Like I always notice that about British actors. Yes, they go from, you know, TVs to movies to stage to everything. They're doing a little bit of everything. And over here, it was always like you're pigeonholed into like, oh, you're a TV actor, you're a movie yeah. actor, you're a stage actor. Now that's starting to finally blend a little bit over yeah. here. We're starting to get a lot more. Because, well, yeah. And, we're, and we're Hannah, big, we're big Hannah mentioned that. People. Hannah mentioned that recently that, you know, like trust the stage actors because mm. here she is killing it, doing spam a lot and doing so many other roles in Into the West the End. Yeah. And then <laughs> she finally gets this opportunity and now she's Emmy award winning Hannah Waddingham. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's cool to see that mix and to see, I, I hope that this uh, allows for even more of that to happen for sure. I, I love it. I always love it when, you know, like the, the, like the film and TV world go, Oh my God, who's this? brand new fresh young actors <laughs> like this person has been working for ages on stage yeah. and and um and again like like i said all of my favorite actors like have a a theater upbringing they come from the stage and mm. the work you do in theater is a different kind of work and like there's a different you know like you have more time to rehearse so there's a different level of like richness and and sometimes nuance to like the text and and that's the kind of training that I did when I went to drama school like it was definitely theater heavy and so that's my upbringing like i fell in love with acting Yes, from like watching TV shows and films, but mainly like I was taken to theater a lot when I was a kid. And so mm. that's my first love when it comes to acting. And it's funny now that I'm like in TV land a bit, but like I've, I've always like seen myself as a theater kid. And and um, and yeah, I 100% second that uh, statement, like trust theater actors, just trust mm. them. Like they're mm-hmm. good. Go and watch them, like go and watch them do their thing. Like go yeah. and watch a new Try you, you are talking to two other massive theater kids. We do 100%. shows and plays when all the time. We can. When, I, when I'm like, like, trust them, go and do it. Like, I'm trying to tell the world that because it's weird. Like, people just don't, 
especially in the states i think in the uk like we have a different relationship with the theater but like in the states, especially like in, like la doesn't really have a big theater scene if i if i like know that correctly i know new york does, but um yeah it's it's weird but yeah hannah's hannah's 100 right trust stage yeah. actors yeah absolutely well hey you know for whatever's next for you i hear they are looking for a new doctor who and i think you'd be freaking great at that i'm just saying i want to start that rumor as well i want to start that rumor as well right now <laughs> those are those are my that's my agenda like i go i got james bond in the works yeah, I'm yes. like, go spread those rumors. I got, I got uh, Black Panther in the works. Go spread those yes. rumors. <laughs> no, just gonna spray. Right. Internet, do your work. Do your you work. You just said you want to do everything. I say you just do it all. And just then, do it all. You, know, you have like four franchises going on at the same time, uh, and that would be so great. But. But Tahib, this this has just been uh, remarkable to get a chance to talk to you today and uh, to have your time. We we like to leave on these types of interviews with one last question, and that is that you do hundreds of these interviews. And I wonder if there's ever a story or a message or something that you wish that you could talk about that you're never asked. So I thought I'd just leave it open. Is there something that you wanted to mention? Oh, man, that's really interesting. That, that, what an awesome question. That's great. Um, <laughs> Why do I never get to talk about that? I wish I could talk about. Um, oh man! Do you know what I found really interesting, actually, and um, and I spoke about it for the first time in another interview for for like a magazine shoot that I did, and I was like, oh, this feels like the first time I'm speaking about this. But um, like, you know, like I was like born in the UK, and then I went and lived in Nigeria for a bit, and then came back to the UK, and so like my earliest memories are in Nigeria, and so doing this TV show where I'm playing a Nigerian. Like, this is my first accent, even though, like, I have a British accent now and I'm having to, like, relearn how to do the Nigerian accent in order to do it. So, like, that was my first accent. And so I came to the UK and I was, like, really badly bullied for having this accent. And and so, like, went through the process of, like, you know, what everybody does where you, like, code switch and you relearn how to just, like, blend in so you're not picked on by kids and you just become, you know, like a London boy or whatever. And I just find it really funny now that, like, this is the accent that's now like launched my career and I'm playing a Nigerian in the power as well. So like those two jobs, you know, I'm like getting paid and I'm doing the work and my career is growing for the same accent that I was bullied for as a kid. And I'm like, this, that's awesome. Like what, like what bigger screw you to those guys than just be like, <laughs> look at this stuff. This is awesome. So, um, so yeah, like I, I, I said that, you know, in that interview and I was like, that's actually, I, I said it out loud before I really even like processed it. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah. so yeah, that's just another thing that like I want to share for like all the kids out there that like are different, you know, like you never know, like at some point that same thing that you have that makes you different to everybody else, like could be the thing that launches your career, that sets you apart. That, gets you that becomes your biggest asset, right? Mm-hmm. That's so great. 100%, 100%. And so it's like, yeah, like hold on to it. And yes, everyone has to like code switch and learn to adapt and blah, 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 but like never, never, never bury it and never get rid of it because like that's you that's you know it's um it's important so yeah i'm glad that like you know seven-year-old tahib didn't like completely just reject everything to do with nigerian culture because here we are that's Fantastic. so great. Well, this Fantastic. has just been excellent. I, I got to tell you, uh, if ever you have the time to come back, please. And if you want to bring any of your, your castmates with you, please. Oh my gosh, this would be- I'll find more oh, ridiculous man. questions for you guys. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. I think this is, this is really great. This is such a fun interview, man. Like, you guys have a great time. It's really fun. I think it'd be cool if we did like a group interview with like a couple of us. That'd be great. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, Absolutely. We're down. <laughs> we, we, yeah? Yes, we have a yes for that. <laughs> all right, cool. I'll hold you to that. Let's do it. All right, all right. That's great. Thanks so much, Tahib. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a lovely day. Absolutely excellent interview. And just, uh, I, that was so great. I mean, like, it's fun to just have a conversation with someone. Of course, we had some of our questions scripted, and we wanted to make sure we hit on a bunch of different points. But then I love just going down little rabbit holes with these mm-hmm. cast members, because it's just awesome to get to know them a bit more as a person, right, Jeremy? Yeah, it's just you get the sense of like, what they're thinking when they're making this show. Um, you know, that's always one of the questions I have is just like, do you realize like what you're doing when you're doing it, like when you're making these pop culture phenomenons? And and, you know, it really just seems like all they do is just have fun with each other. And, you know, the comedy and the brilliance just flows forth. And you can definitely see it from him. Like he talks about how much of a family they are. And it just always exudes that. You know, I mentioned the Emmys thing where they just kept doing these weird little funny tableaus when they kept cutting to them when they were nominated. I mean, it's just you, you get the sense that these guys just have so much fun with each other. And 
let's just keep it going, please. I don't want season three to be the last. It was tough because, you know, of course, the other interviews we had done, we could always say, well, season three hasn't started filming yet. We are talking to, to Hebe, like, fresh off the set. And so it and he was really a pretty good sport. He was a pretty good sport like, about all that. He was a great sport about all of that. And uh, some of those ridiculous ideas that you threw out there that I he think didn't these are confirm gold, or Jason. deny. Jason, call me. Call me right now. You can have these ideas. <laughs> this is season four and five right here for yeah. sure. But uh, any final thoughts on this interview with Tahib? No, just really, really fun. I'm hoping he brings some castmates back like he offered. That'd be great. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it always is just such a treat to talk to these people because sometimes it can just seem so far away from us, you know, like we're watching somebody on a screen and then when we could just bring them in and, and give you little glimpses of who they are as people, that's just really kind of the, one of the best parts about doing this uh, podcast and bringing the fans and the people together. So uh, I just I just love it. And I love all of you, you know, a little bit. Of course, we do love all of you, and we would love you to be able to follow us on social media. You see that there transition? There you, you go. I did that. Uh, we'd love it for you to follow us on Twitter. If you go to PBBFRN, uh, you'll find us there. And then also, please just join our group on Facebook, because what's nice about that, we I just did kind of a roll call of where people are, are from. And of course, there's a bunch of Midwesterners. There's also people listening from Australia. There's people from Ireland. There's people from India. There's people from literally all over the United States, California, Washington. We have a really strong contingent in Washington, which is yeah. so cool. So like, it's just like, it's such a good group of people that just talked Ted Lasso. And of course, they're the first ones to find out that we were talking to Tahib Jamo today. So definitely go and check that out as well. I will mention one more time that if you are in the St. Louis area or coming to Fan Expo St. Louis, definitely check us out on Sunday. We'll be on the creator stage, our first ever live peanut butter and biscuits in front of an audience. And we're going to talk about the geekiness of Ted Lasso. So you don't want to miss that for sure. It's just going to be a great time. And who knows what we've got coming up in the future. What I can tell you about our next episode is that we will be dropping our episode, All Thanks Ted Becca, which is pretty appropriate after we just yep. talked to Tahib <laughs> about the situation with Sam and Rebecca. So we will see uh, what we have with Tori of Their Soulmates, a podcast dedicated to Ted Becca and examining that relationship. And I will tell you that maybe one of the co-hosts of this show was converted just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're going to have to listen, guys. Uh, also, though, after we do that episode, we will be releasing the audio of our live podcast at uh, Fan Expo um, after the episode with Tori as well. So lots of content coming your way, folks. We're tiding you over until season three arrives, at least until the trailer arrives. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But we just are so grateful for you listening. And especially in this off season, uh, we know that you're the diehard Ted Lasso fans and we really do appreciate you. So for peanut butter and biscuits, I am Craig McFarland. I'm Jeremy Geckner. And as Sam always says, be a goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash frontrownetwork. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.